Inspired. My name is Jacob Schatz. It's Tuesday, December 6th, 2016, and I still don't have a real job. Starting things off right with your tweetered feet for this morning. It's, my favorite crystal energy is the energy of looking at a really cool crystal and thinking it's cool. That's by at Vondel Swain on Twitter. I featured them as your Twitter good follow last week. I think that's the only real kind of energy that you get from crystals, if I'm being honest. But that's, that's a little cynical. Got a bit of work planned for today. I'm recording another episode of Talking Atlas, and I'm not entirely sure how that's going to go. We're going to try and shake up the formula a little bit. Work on getting more audience interaction, play around with some improv stuff, because we did that in a recent episode and we had a lot of fun with it. Now is a time of experimentation for that podcast, and it's fun. We're trying to see which directions we can feasibly grow in. Also going to finish editing Album Club 500 for tomorrow. That's going to be really nice. We had two albums this week that we both enjoyed very much, so I look forward to sharing those with you. Other than that, not a whole lot to say about what I'm currently working on. The website is still being updated. We now have a contact page there, so if you want to get in touch with any of the hosts of any of the shows that we're working on, you can go ahead and do that through there. It also has a nice collection of all of the Twitter handles for all of our shows. That about wraps it up for my current projects. Next up, I have an incidence of stunt food sorcery for you, but this is more in remembrance than anything else. A bit of a deep pull, an anecdote about an incident of stunt food, because I don't partake of stunt food too often, and I can't fathom for the life of me why I remember this particular instance, but as soon as I thought about it, the memory came flooding over me in waves, so I thought I had to share. This stunt food is KFC's Double Down Sandwich, and I use the term sandwich very loosely here. The Double Down was originally a joke sandwich in the United States, tested in a couple markets, and then in an April Fool's Day press release, they announced it. It's two fried chicken patties with a layer of cheese and bacon and sauce in between the two. No bun. The chicken patties are the bun, effectively, for this concoction. Now, foolishly, I attempted to consume one of these at one point. You see, when I went into KFC that day, I thought, I'm a relatively picky eater. I like to dress it up by saying that I prefer the individual taste of the simpler ingredients or whatever you call it, but I usually just say that so that I don't sound like a five-year-old when I describe that I'm a picky eater. But I'm a picky eater. So I wanted some kind of sandwich that day, but I didn't want anything that I'd have to, like, peel half of the ingredients off of or ask them to take half the ingredients off of it. So I thought, hey, the double down is just chicken, bacon, and cheese, right? Like, that seemed fine to me. I didn't realize about the sauce. That will come into play later. So I got this sandwich, and already this thing is like a, a dripping mass of fryer oil. And I go, all right, well, it's a good thing that I like chicken. So I take a bite into it, and already regret seeps in. See, I would have been able to finish the thing if it had just been chicken, cheese, and bacon. But there was something about the sauce that's on a double down that adds weight to this machine. It slows you down. It, like makes you remember everything that you've done wrong in the last year as you're slowly chewing the heaving bites of this sandwich. So that by the time you get halfway through, you're just, like, trying to tread water as you're eating. 
I think I made it three quarters of the way through the sandwich before I decided to stop. It wasn't that I gave up or that I couldn't eat anymore. There was a moral obligation in some part of my mind to cease this course of action. So yeah, the double down, I looked on KFC's website and I don't think they're selling it anymore. But depending on where you look, they are selling it. And in the United States, I don't think you can get it at most places. But while I was looking that up for verification, I learned that there are some countries that go way harder on the double down than even America does. To start off, a lot of countries have what they call a zinger variant, which I assume is instead of just regular nasty fried chicken on the outside of this thing, you spice it up even further. But the further you get from the United States, the more all bets are off. The Philippines has a version of the Double Down that has crispy fried spinach and a, quote, secret green sauce. That's called the Double Down G. And don't even think about messing with South Korea, because the South Koreans have the Zinger variant. They also have something called a Zinger Double Down Max with added hash brown patty and salsa. And then in a course of action that I cannot even begin to comprehend, there's something called a Zinger Double Down King that has a beef patty and barbecue sauce in the middle of these two chicken patties. I found it hard enough when it was just regular, like, small sandwich toppings. Like, you could peel the top chicken off put a bun on this and still have it conceivably be a regular sandwich. But if you're trying to put like real sized meats, like sandwich meats in this thing, I'm not sure how you survive that. So that's your stunt food sorcery pull from the vaults for today. If you do happen to come across one of these things, I can't recommend that you eat it, but I know that some of you are going to try. Let's move on to happier things like the destruction of all life. It's your magic card art for today, and it's continuing in the theme of wrath effects. Today's card is Nature's Ruin, with art by Mike Dringenberg. You may remember him as the guy who did all of the Chimera arts from last week. Nature's Ruin is more of a focused wrath spell. The typical wrath effect is double-sided. You blow up everything, even your own creatures. Nature's Ruin is a little bit different because its effect is limited by a certain type of thing that's being destroyed. It has the effect, destroy all green creatures. And this is a black spell. Now, I'm not going to get too deep into all the little fiddly bits of magic symbology, but green in magic is the color of life and nature, and black is the color of death and decay. These two colors are then put at odds. They're considered enemy colors. So it is a reasonable effect to see that a black spell would have destroy all green creatures as an effect. The art for this card depicts a wintry landscape with a pale white sky with a little bit of a yellow glow, purple clouds, purple water, and all of the land masses are black. The trees are all bare of leaves. There's a couple of evergreens in the back, but they... All of the land and all of the plants in this image are shaded black with light spots of purple. The scene is relatively simple. It looks like an early morning scene with a river running through, I guess, a mountainous forest range. And it looks like a relatively peaceful wintertime scene. Where this art really shines, though, is in the coloring. The choice of colors in the art changes the theme of the art considerably. 
If we looked at this just based on the location and the framing, this could very well be a green spell, or even a green land. Land cards generate resources, and there's a land card type called Forest. There's very little stopping this if we're just looking on composition and what is being shown to be a basic forest. Because that's what's being depicted. It's trees, it's a river, it's sky. There's nothing man-made, there's nothing magical going on in this art. It could just be a regular land. The trick comes in with the color scheme. Forests and green spells are intended to be lush. They have very bright, vibrant greens. If it's a nighttime scene, it's still deep, warm colors, warm green colors. And most often the secondary color in those kinds of images is gold or a reddish brown. All of this to suggest warmth and life and growth. By switching up the color scheme and making this either an early morning or otherwise darkened color scheme, by using black for the landscapes and shading it in with purple, it turns the focus of the piece from growing to isolation and decay. Black spells usually have black as the focus of their color scheme, but the secondary color that they often employ is purple. Because purple is unnatural, it's cooler, it slows things down. And if it is natural, it implies toxicity, which is a tool that black is perfectly willing to use in its arsenal. Everything about this picture is stationary. Where we should be seeing a forest teeming with life, instead we have one frozen in place, with no movement whatsoever. The art itself is Gorgeous, by the way, do go check it out, because this is the kind of thing that I could easily see framed and hanging on my wall. Which really isn't so out of the ordinary with a lot of these magic arts, especially with the more mundane depictions. I've been going on about a lot of fantastic ones and weird ones, but there's a lot of magic art that's just like this, where it's a good, well-composed painting. Also, if you do go look at this, there are two versions of this art. It's the same piece, but the older image is from a set called Portal, which is a little bit more natural and washed out. There's another image from a remastered set called Vintage Masters, and in trying to modernize the art, they turn up the contrast a little bit, they sharpen the image a little bit, and it's not a bad effect, it doesn't dilute the piece, but I prefer the more washed out regular contrast. So, if you do go look it up, take that into account. That's Nature's Ruin by Mike Dringenberg for your magic card art for today. For my next segment, I'm gonna talk about not a recent album listen, but one of the albums that I listened to for the first time in 2016. I made a Spotify playlist to keep track of all of the albums that I listened to for the first time in 2016. The album that I bring to you today is Hades Town by Anais Mitchell. This is a folk rock concept album that takes the Greek tragedy of Orpheus and Eurydice and puts it into a folk rock style. Orpheus and Eurydice is about a young man, Orpheus, who loses the love of his life, Eurydice, and travels to the underworld trying to get her back. But she becomes a part of the underworld, so Hades says, if you can take her back to the surface world and not look back until you get completely out, you can keep her. And the tragedy ends with Orpheus getting out of the underworld, and immediately turning around to look at Eurydice, who is still in the underworld, so Orpheus fails and breaks his deal. This album has such a great range in the songs that it has, all in a folk rock style. The opening song is bouncy and light, and Anais Mitchell, who plays Eurydice, 
has great vocal chemistry with Justin Vernon, who plays Orpheus. You just really want these kids to win, even though you know that they won't by the end. The Hayden triplets play the Fates, and they have such beautiful harmonies in all of the songs that they show up in. Ben Knox Miller plays Hermes, and he is wild and full of energy. Annie DeFranco plays Persephone in almost like a lounge singer cabaret style, and she is super smooth and great to listen to. And then there's Hades. Hades is played by Greg Brown, and if you took Morgan Freeman's voice and put it in like a subway basement, you're still about a mile above how low Greg Brown gets with his voice. <laughs> He's so slick despite that, though. He's got a voice like gravel, but it's it swims around you smoothly like a liquid. And the instrumentation for the overworld and the underworld feels really evocative. It's sparse, but you can feel the tonal shift. You can feel how each of these different places is so separate and so apart from each other. Hadestown is a lot of fun. It's a sweeping epic of a rock opera, a folk rock opera, and I was so glad to be given it by a friend as a recommendation. So I pass it on to you. Go listen to Hadestown because it is a great, great time. And lastly, your Twitter good follow for today is at Tweets of Old with a display name RL Ripples. This account takes old transcripts, letters, documentation, news headlines from mostly around the turn of the century, but sometimes even further back, and posts excerpts from them on Twitter. You get these short little segments of how people talked and what people chose to talk about. And it's so fascinating to look into that window into the past, and not in the way that people were trying to be remembered, but just in the way that they were talking at the time. Tweets of Old is great year-round, but I specifically mention them to you right now because for the month of December, they print kids' letters to Santa, and the tone <laughs> that you get from these guys is so wild. And the language that is used is hilarious. Let me read a couple for you. Dear Santa, please bring me a tea set. You can come down the chimney. You must not kiss me with your smutty mouth. Your friend, Maddie, from Virginia in 1896. There's another one here. Dear Santa, I want a toy cow. I am not afraid of you. Tubby from Kansas in 1899. I, I just can't imagine writing a letter to Santa where I say, I am not afraid of you. Yeah, I know. This is a kids say the darndest things kind of thing. But it's pretty cute. And it's stuff that, just by virtue of not being around during the time, it's amazing to see what these kids come up with. And after December, you get a look at all sorts of news headlines. They did a couple in reaction to the election that I quite enjoyed. So you can totally waste an afternoon scrolling back through these tweets and finding some great deep pulls from long, long ago, in some cases over a hundred years. And that'll just about do it for today's work. You can find this podcast and all of the podcasts that I work on over at opalnebula.com. The intro and outro song for Shots Fired is Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I will see you tomorrow.